Oosters out. It's in the danger zone. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, Ooh, sorry. No, sorry. We're sorry we're laughing. It's just, that was bad timing. Sorry. Uh, so, hello everyone. I'm joined with Nick, as always, uh, for another edition of the BIHA podcast. Very special edition with the Power Rankings. Uh, how are you, Nick? Feeling the power, Rambo. Feeling the power. <laughs> it's that last week before Nas- uh, the first Nationals, uh, the Mad Rush as it were, and uh, Nick and I are furiously pretending that we're trying to get everything together while secretly letting Andy and Joe do everything. Does that sound about right, Nick? It does, because it's quite apt that we're letting everyone else do something and we're doing a podcast. Sound familiar? Yes, it does, yes. Um, it's, <laughs> it's went full circle in a year. Uh, it, now, it was um, just a oh, it just It just fit the, the crime fitted again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, just to uh, to get right to it, uh, Nick, uh, before before we go into the power rankings, um, we have been going a bit mad with international all-stars and Team GBU and all that sort of thing, but I did take the chance so they didn't feel left out since the announcement to speak to Callie and Maggie today, so if we just swing on to that now. So uh, I'm joined with uh, Maggie Benson and Callie uh, Yusitalo. Uh, did I get that right, Callie, this time? Yeah, you're getting pretty native with that one by now. <laughs> excellent, excellent. So, um, you guys have had a bit, a bit of time to reflect on the reaction to uh, the international all stars announcement. Um, how have you found the engagement so far, Cali? Um, uh, the announcement itself, I think it was, it was, it was pretty much, of course, bubbling under quite long. But once the teams were actually uh, released, I was I was complete, completely blown away by the actual amount of, like you said, engagement and the exposure that it got. I uh, because I I can see the insights of the of the post itself. I think the reach a couple of days ago was something like twenty two thousand people with almost a hundred shares of those articles, including not including the individual pictures. So I. I think that is that is pretty astonishing. I don't <laughs> to, to read literally tens of thousands of people. I, it's it's amazing. And uh, what what about you, lot? Uh, sorry, Maggie, I'm getting completely confused because I just had a message come through <laughs> my phone. Maggie, what do you think of the the reaction um, so far to the the post? I think it's been great. I mean, as is obvious when you look at the announcements, there were less international women players available, but I've already had a couple people interested in reaching out for future years that are coming into the BYHA system, hopefully in September, October. So it's great to see that even though this is the inaugural season, we'll have a basis to build upon for both teams in future years. Good stuff. And um, and obviously uh, this weekend there's been some... uh, some chat about captains and stuff for, for all four teams. Uh, Maggie, have you given any thought towards that? Yeah, I've already um, sent in my picks for captains. I don't want to give anything away until I've given, I'm have given i given the go-ahead. But 
I think I've selected three really strong players. One's a well-seasoned member of the BUIHA. Another one knows the community very well. And the third one's got great international experience. Excellent. And what about you, Callie? I know you can't you can't give me the names yet, but have you guys had your discussions and picked picked your captains? Yeah, we we did we did do that. Uh, we actually did it probably at the same time as Mackie, so about a week ago. And I actually I actually broke the broke the news to the team. We put up put it together a Facebook group for for all the boys, and uh, we we broke the news to them. And I'm personally very happy of. Uh, with, uh, I mean, to be fair, in a, in a team that like the caliber we have, literally anyone could have been a captain, a leader. So it's it's uh, it wasn't exactly an easy choice because I think we have across the teams, I think five or six captains who are captains of their own teams. So there was there was definitely we were spoiled for choice. But uh, yeah, we we have uh, nice nice experienced guys who will definitely be leaders on and off the ice. So I'm very happy, very happy with that. Good, good, and um, and Maggie, uh, I, uh, this goes to you. Um, did you did you listen to last week's pod and some of the the chat about the various girls? Is there is there anything you want to add? Um, yeah, I listened to it and I thought that your coverage was great. I mean, I'm fairly new to the BUIHA. I started playing this season in the UK, and the players that I know personally, the way you describe them, you hit them spot on. And I'm excited to see what they bring forth next week and what the other girls bring forth. Excellent. And and, and Callie, I mean, you you heard our our coverage, which is slightly, in fairness, slightly more extensive towards the men, perhaps because we we knew the, the the players a little bit better. But um, I mean, what what did you think apart from me calling Sam Canerva um, a sweet? Uh, what what else did you pick up on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was picked up on uh, uh, by me quite 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 immediately, and his dad actually had a, had a had a great reaction to that in Facebook. I know they were the skiing trip in France when he listened to it. So yeah, <laughs> but anyway, apart from that, yeah, it was it was very very uh, very flattering, I, m- I might say. Uh, but to, yeah, I mean, it's hard to hard to not. Hard to find anything that bad to say about uh, about the group that we managed to get together. So, of course, very happy and a uh, little bit more extensive about the men, but it's understandable because women are not yet getting that much exposure, which of course is changing to the positive all the time. So, probably next year is going to be on podcast for both men's and women teams or something like that. Yeah, I mean uh, that's certainly something that. Hold on, wait till that passes. Uh, I'm in central London, so it could be anywhere. I don't know where it is. Yeah, sounds yeah. sounds pretty far away, actually. <laughs> yeah, um, Dave, don't edit this out because we just need to make it make it know that Callie's need the safe house uh, and needs to be mobbed for a while. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm being mobbed by IAS fans. Yeah, both uh, men and women. <laughs> so, um, I mean. Um, Cal, you've obviously had a bit more experience in the and the BIHA than Maggie. Have you got any any advice for her in uh, dealing with the different characters of the BIHA? Uh, I've always liked to approach it with uh, sort of straight <laughs> straight talking humor kind of way. Uh, I'm I'm sure if she she see, she sounds like she has more co- actual coaching experience than I do. I just sort of wing it in every situation and and based on my tactics, which is 
hits everything that moves and shoots hard. Doesn't matter where it goes. So I'm pretty sure she's she's uh she's a more more uh, qualified coach in that sense. But she seems to have a very very nice nice mix of people, and it's uh, I think it's a uh, more of a richness than any in a problem of any sort that you get. Like you said, it's a very international team, and I don't remember how you put it. There are many cultures, which is usually just creates an even tastier combination, both on and off the ice. So, um, only only thing only thing that is uh, because Oxford and Cambridge just played the heated heated varsity match, and then we have Oxford and Typhoons playing a week before the the All Stars game, actually less than a week, six days before. So let's hope that uh, none of our picks get into. Uh, too bad of a fisticuffs in those games. Otherwise, it um, may need to play a little bit of role of a mediator. But uh, I'm I'm sure the guys are the guys are professionals and they know how to keep things on and off the ice and how to sort of reset themselves to different different situations. So I'm not that worried, and I'm sure Maggie Maggie will do a great job as well. And uh, Maggie is a, is a seasoned uh, coach, much more seasoned than Callie, as he's just admitted. Uh, have you have you got any advice for Callie in uh, in coaching the, the men's team? I don't know how seasoned I really am. I've worked as an assistant coach with the Rochester Edge U14 and U12 teams, but the only thing that I can really say is bench management is important in a fast-paced game. So. Yeah, that's that's actually one thing. One thing is uh, that probably can be can be real. Of course, Steve knows and Michael knows that I actually brought in one of one of my coaching partners, Lukas Frilika, who is uh, our master, our head senior tactician, I might say, in the Dragons. So he's he's very much loves his he loves his board, loves to draw on it, and is great with the bench management, which I'm not. So I'm I, I'm sort of handing these sort of responsibilities of these actual things that require attention and like meticulous execution i'm handing handing the responsibility a lot more to to michael and uh michael and lucas so i can focus on the just rallying the troops and making sure the morale and energy and everything else stays high and yeah you know you'll hear me from the bench i'm pretty sure in the broadcast oh absolutely absolutely um, and uh just 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 before we go i mean uh, you guys a lot of different cultures as we mentioned last week a lot of different people um how, how are you going to I mean, have you got any meetings planned to bring people together uh, without getting them totally drunk before the games? <laughs> yeah, well, if I if I if I go first, I like I like uh, Michael said and I mentioned earlier, we we put a Facebook group together and there's a, there's quite a bit of interaction there. Different guys commenting on different things, and we're gonna we're gonna present close to the game, present our projected line combinations, which your broadcast about and your analysis about the roster may or may have not had an effect on. I'll I'll I, I'll say you you will you will see it on the game day where, whether you've had any influence on that. But uh, yeah, just it has to happen pretty much through social media because we have literally people ranging from Cardiff to St Andrews. So it's kind of difficult to uh, too difficult to, to get together before. But I, I most of the guys I'm, I understand and coming to Sheffield on Thursday evening. That's at least what we've asked them to do. So hopefully get together at the hotel a little bit, have a have a chat and uh, get a, get everyone to know each other, meet each other, so that as much as we can with the with the sort of um, circumstances that we have been put under. Yeah, and uh, and Maggie, what about you? Have you have you got any any plans to sort of get the team together before before the big game? Well, 
I too have the geographic issue that the men's team has in that myself and I believe three, three or four of my players are based out of the Edinburgh, Glasgow area. And we've got players as far as London, Cambridge, Oxford, towards the southern end of Britain. So I'm in the process of putting together a Facebook group, but I think we'll either all meet up at the hotel the evening beforehand or that morning at the rink. I believe the women have to be there quite early at quarter past seven. So hopefully we'll have a quick introduction before we hop on the ice and get going. Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly know the women have to be there quite early because I'm managing the GBU team, so we're I'm up at the crack of dawn um, <laughs> as well, so I will join you there. So, um, I mean, both of you sound like you've got a plan. Obviously, uh, I spoke to Michael, so Callie, you've got a bit more of a plan perhaps than you might have if you didn't have Michael. Um, but it's, <laughs> it's, 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 you know, three great characters involved in this, and I, I think... This is going to be a true test for GBU, and I'm, I'm looking looking forward to it. Uh, is there anything you want to want to add before before we uh, before we go? Um, no, no, nothing else. But I can I can give you as a sort of a because I know you'll be commentating and you're looking forward to that. I'll I'll drop to you a nice little sort of statistics and infographics about the team and the line combinations that we come up with, so you can uh, you can you can. You can have some some little bit of more beef to and uh, analysis to your to your commentary, which, as you know, I'm I'm a great fan of. So, so uh, something else to look forward to for you as well. Apart from it's it's gonna be an amazing game, and I've of course I've spoken to basically all the guys, and everyone's just so hyped up about this, and I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing how 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 well we can challenge the GPU, and I I truly believe that we can. So it's gonna be an absolute war, and I can't wait. <laughs> And uh, um, what about you, uh, Maggie? You got anything to to add before we before we move on? Uh, I'd like to thank Team GBU Women for allowing me to take some of their players for the match to build up on the numbers, and I'm just buzzing to get going with the girls. I think we'll have a great team, great lineup, and we're gonna have a lot of fun in this match, regardless of the outcome. Excellent. That's great, guys. Well, before Callie gets um, arrested again, I'll uh, I'll let you both go and. Uh, yeah, I need to hop. I need to hop pronto. <laughs> and I'll, I'll I'll see you both um, um, at Sheffield Ice Rink at some stage. Yeah, I will actually. I'll see you on Friday, or Friday evening. Of course you will, and I'll I'll see you uh, soon, Maggie, as well, no doubt, um, at an ice rink either in Scotland or or in Sheffield. Yep, I may actually be suiting up with the Steel Queens one of these days. Who knows? My skates are actually on the way as we speak. Yeah, save it, save it for the Steel Queens uh, podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Thanks very much, guys. I'll catch you later. Thanks, Rambo. See you soon. Cheers. Thank you. Bye, mate. Bye, bye. And there you have it. That's their thoughts on how things are going to go and uh, how they're how they're going to prepare. Um, but Nick, I think uh, without further ado, we should get onto these power rankings. What do you think? I think we should indeed. I'm guessing that's why people are here. Yep, yep, certainly. Um, now we'll start with tier six, Nick. Um, I've lined them all up. I don't know if you're you're on the BIHA stats admin page. Um, I am indeed. Yep. So if we start off in, uh, in tier six, I think we should start at the bottom and work our way up. Uh, we have ranked the Bradford Sabres B um, eighth overall in uh, in tier six, Nick. Um, you've had 
some experience with your C team of their A team, and 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 do you think that's a fair ranking? Um, I think the first disclaimer I would like to put out there for Tier 6 is, I do apologise, because more than likely, the two teams we're about to discuss will probably be in the final. Because that's how much of a rough stab I think we'll agree we're having at this right? Yeah, I think that's probably right. I mean, I think their A-team's not had the best of seasons, but it's not had the worst of seasons either. So, we might be selling them a little short, but um, we will find out. Uh you know, um, that's all we can do is guess in Tier 6 a little bit. Hope for the best that we're somewhat right. <laughs> yeah, well, I would I would say from having seen Bradford this year, they did have a decent-sized team, a decent-sized bench. Obviously, it's a, it's a B team in Tier uh, tier 6, rather than there's a lot of, obviously, uh, either Cs and Ds. So <laughs> the statistical averages would suggest there's a, there's a good chance, but... We'll see. Uh, Bradford were a tiny little outfit when we played them this year. If half their team is, is playing in this tier, then they'll be uh, a tough nut to crack. Cool, cool. And I mean, uh, as I say, um, Bradford, uh, they've, they've got a short journey to, to um, lower down in, Ox- in in Yorkshire. Is that right? Is my geography right there? Um, so they've not got far to travel, so hopefully they'll, from their point of view, help bring a strong competitive squad, and I'm sure I'm sure they will. Yep, I would think so. Uh, it could be could be a dangerous little team. Certainly, certainly. And then uh, if we look next, um, Birmingham Lions D we've got in there. Uh, they're the, one of the only teams with previous uh, Nationals experience in the last year or so. Um, that being said, um, I, I don't think based on their, their two teams above them that we can say that they're going to be particularly hot. But... Uh, Again, as you said, the disclaimer there is that there's every chance they could end up in the final. Yeah, you're always going to end up with... Everyone's seen the situation before at Nationals. You have some guy who doesn't get on with the coach of the different teams or ends up in a situation where he ends up playing for a certain team and it all fits together. little Cinderella story. and uh, I don't know whether the, uh, the witch in the wardrobe we're doing this weekend, but certainly the line will be there. <laughs> um, yeah, certainly. Um, and then move, moving on, uh, what's new, Pussycat? The Newcastle Wildcat C um, are what's new, uh, Pussycat. And uh, I've played them uh, with. Well, I've not played them, but the Steel Queens have played them. And, and you, I think your your D teams had a had a game with them as well. Yes, we have indeed. Uh, certainly, I found them. They can be quite uh, quite good defensively or solid defensively. Might not be totally accurate when the, the score that you had against them was, what, 12-1? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, they've got some game experience, and I think I hold that quite quite high for them coming in, so could be a sneaky sneaky outfit to try and make a run uh, into the semis. Um, but, again, only time will tell with uh, Tier 6. Yeah, I think, it's again, it's one of those teams, a little bit of experience, I... I, I saw it firsthand last year. We uh, our C team that we took in, much in the same scenario Newcastle are right now. Uh, we took them in. They had a little bit of game experience. All it takes is you've got so many guys on the team who are new. Confidence is a massive thing, and it will you'll you'll see that for this tier. All it takes is a couple of couple of games to go your way. A couple of people get confidence at this level. They, it's a massive thing. Newcastle get hit the right game first and, and go from there. You, you never know. Yeah, and then uh, moving moving on, um, my uh, team, uh, the Caledonia Steel Queens, 
coming in at number five, Nick. Yeah, you, you've had some experience with them, obviously. Uh, what, what's your thoughts on their chances? Yeah, I, what I would say is there's a massive X factor in here in terms of there's a little bit of history here if, if the Steel Queens can can pull something out of the bag. And from what I've seen, if you guys are bringing, bringing a full roster, you're going to have some absolute shoo-ins for probably uh, the All-Star team. So I think there's every chance that I, I certainly... I'm glad that the Steel Queens are in the other group from uh, from my kings, put it that way. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I think I think we've got a, a reasonable chance to to make to give a good account of ourselves. Not sure what the opposition's going to be like. I think five's a fair ranking with the game experience and uh, and the momentum coming in. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's it's all about how it goes on the weekend. We've seen this before with teams. It's a it's a classic kind of UEA situation, perhaps that we've seen UEA come in beforehand and uh, add some good challenge fixtures, and then turn up on the weekend and just doesn't go all right. Hopefully, oh, hopefully, wishing all the best for the Steel Queens, though. So hopefully, it goes up. <laughs> and then uh, next on number four, uh, your Kings D, um, coming in with a, a win uh, on Friday night against the Steel Queens. 12-11 win sounded like it was a, a bit of a dandy. Um, so, I mean, uh, I think, again, you guys have got some experience and uh, could could uh, could challenge in that group that you're in. You're uh, with uh, Birmingham Lions D, Oxford B, which we'll get to, and, uh, and of course, the, the Bradford B team as well. Yeah, I, I feel a little bit um, slightly disappointed in... in from a personal level, in some of the turnout that we've had, it's been the classic kind of, yeah, I'll go to nationals, and when you get round to it, actually getting people there is a different matter, So that's, but that's internally my problem. But on paper, this team, I was, I was quite happy and quite uh, looking forward to seeing what they got. They've lost a couple of guys, it's going to be a lot harder, but what I would say is we've lost perhaps some of the more flaky players, and we just means there's going to be some more of the quality on show. So, mm-hmm. again... It's another, it's another opportunity for some people who've been scraps in the shadows, had a little bit of game experience this year, and are now basically going to be taken out of the hole. You're getting a couple of shifts, you're, you're, doing, a, you're doing a job on third line to being like, you're the guy, go out there and do it. Yeah, yeah, certainly. And uh, I mean, uh, one thing I think is almost for certain is that Mark Thompson, uh, your your backstop, has got every chance of winning floor of, floor of tier six. Oh, he does, he, he does. <laughs> and then uh, Imperial Devil C now this is number three Imperial Devil C Imperial Devil's B team have had a really good season and normally as, as, as me, you and I well know when it comes to these teams that are being added into Nationals it's normally to split the roster up a bit give people a bit more game time and I, I think some of these people will have good cup experience coming in here yeah I think I think Imperial have got a good chance there. As we said, it should be a good split of their their, their roster that's played played during the cup season, and you're always you're always going to get that odd couple of players who maybe might be borderline between the teams who are potentially going to find a massive difference between being in tier six or it being in tier um I believe is it tier four for their other team or tier five, but either way, a yeah. massive difference and I would say a dangerous a dangerous little outside dark horse. Certainly, and then I think moving on, we we've known that the next team number two, um, their their whole outfit of uh, are being coached 
like professional setup almost since since day not since they came into tier three with with some or tier four rather with some really outstanding players that have played a bit of league hockey and the Leeds Griffins C and I I, I would anticipate that they'll have a a good shot um, or a good go at this. Yeah, I, again, you're talking about a team with opportunities. We we went down and played Leeds, and I think God knows how many players they had. The these should be all the people that were uh, are wanting an opportunity and are fighting to try and potentially play full time B team next year in the in the cup. So here's the chance. Can they go out there and take it? Yeah, and then I think um, this was unanimous between us. There was no discussion about this. Oxford Vikings B ranked number one. Based on what their, their, the Oxford Vikings have done this season, I don't think there was any question that we were going to put this team number one. No, it's, it's, it's more of a case of the cream rising to the top, and when there's so much cream, you can skim some off to the side and, and make some more hot chocolate. So uh, I think the Vikings B are probably just going to be too hot to handle for everyone. The one thing I would say, and I think you would agree on this, at this level, if your goalie gets hot and if you've got a goalie playing... Uh, for a lot of these teams, it'll be uh, a more advanced player that playing out secondary in uh, out in goal. In which case, it can make a huge difference. You can get absolute howlers of goaltenders at this level, or you can get some absolute. Uh... Yeah. Are you, sorry, are you still there, Nick? I am indeed. Yeah, sorry, you cut a little bit. Um... <laughs> but you're, yeah, I think you were saying there that you can get some absolute um, howlers of goaltenders or some. Uh... Some really experienced uh, players that um, that can really mind the twine well, and that that is difficult in these short games because you you've got to break these teams down and you've got a finite time to do it um, in a truncated period. Yeah, I think we we had we had probably struggled the most last year when we even even at the higher levels in in tier five and four we struggled most last year when we played against like for instance Ryan Rathbone playing in goal for Nottingham which obviously is a very experienced and very seasoned campaigner in the higher levels playing out, just the, the nous of the basics in goal, it just made him unbeatable to some extent. It certainly did, uh, Nick. Um, and uh, that, that wraps up Tier 6. Um, these will go live on the website properly, um, so you can read, well, have a look at them. I've put some co- I've been trying to keep up with some of your quotes, Nick. I did like the... Um, you can make some more hot chocolate, so that's definitely in there. <laughs> um, but moving on, we've got, we've got uh, Bears F at the bottom of tier five, um, at number ten. Now that's it. That's it. That's a bold prediction by us because the Bears notoriously at nationals are better because that's where they live. <laughs> do, do you agree? Eh. <laughs> uh... I would say so, but I would say sometimes they suffer from the weight of expectation and um, certainly sometimes enjoy playing the host role a little bit too much, which I would unfortunately say that's where the F team are going to come a cropper this year. Possibly. I mean, I think sometimes they, they're focused on the banter stakes more than the game and yeah. uh, our power rankings are not just based on the banter stakes, they're based on the actual... Uh, the games themselves. So uh, unfortunately for for Bears F, we've had to had to rank them at the foot of the uh, the power rankings for tier five, um, and then and then going up one Nick uh, UCL Yeti C. Now this team's had a bit of cup experience this year, but the the one thing I would say, and it's it's unfortunate for them, is it's been in that division with the full Vikings team, 
and the, the Spitfires D team. So it's been a bit of a shellacking all year for the for the poor Yetis. Yeah, and uh, unfortunately, I forecast that's going to continue just in a smaller, shorter format. Um, I, I can't see this getting much better for the Yetis, I'm afraid. It's it's one of those scenarios. Glad Aaron Prove is wrong. Uh, I'll, I'm sure one of us will eat humble pie or uh, banoffee pie when we uh, when we hand over the trophy to UCL after what we've just said. Or key lime pie if uh, if your mum is is taking the quest. Um, <laughs> and then uh, moving on, um, the uh, the Hull Ice Hogs B Nick, you've uh, again your C team have played in the same division as them. It could be an interesting one again. They they had quite a big roster, and what I would say is, I'm I'm sure we'll touch on it shortly. But um, seems to be a lot of heavy lifting done by uh, by a couple of individuals in that A team. <coughs> cough cough, Alistair Marsden and uh, and friends. Uh, it's always good when obviously you've got some uh, Division Two BYJ champions racking up in uh, in Tier Four. But um, but yeah, I, I can imagine for that C team, uh, well B team, sorry, there's going to be a lot of people again who. May not have seen the quality of ice time. Who, who could thrive in this situation? But um, again, when we talk about teams who perhaps go out and have a little bit too much fun, uh, I'd probably put the Hogs in that category historically. So unfortunately, hence your eighth ranking. Yep, and then uh, we've we put the Birmingham Lions C in uh, next. Um, quite good at sing song the Birmingham Lions, but um, not been so good on ice uh, this season um, in their. Uh, they're tier three, um, finishing equal on points with the, the UCL Yeti C, just slightly better in the goal difference by a factor of 10. Yeah, maybe, like, I don't know, the Oxford Vikes hit the post a couple of times, so. <laughs> yeah, you know, you never know, um, but we'll, we'll see what, we'll see what happens come, uh, come ice time, um, come game time, and, uh, in shortened format, they might be okay, but they've, they're certainly not going to do you any damage in special teams based on that 0% power play and uh, 68% penalty kill. Hey, that, that power play stat, it might just be a ruse. Right, yeah, maybe it is. Maybe they're just working on special teams like nobody's business. Then Manchester Metro's C. Um, this is, uh, again, you played, the B team have been in the division. I don't think the C team are in the cup this year, are they? No, they haven't been. They haven't been in the cup this year, um, but Manchester always known to surprise. Um, I think come nationals time in the non-checking ranks. Uh, I mean, a couple of times they've been ranked quite low, and they've they've come through and got to finals and stuff, only to be, um, be defeated on penalty shots. So I uh, anticipate they could do some damage. Yeah, they could do, and and eventually the bridesmaid does have to get married, right? Um. I hope you're not referring to McKinnon as a bridesmaid, Nick. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> eventually, I think yeah, they'll 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 have to win. I mean, their A team has got some championship experience, uh, even in Tier One. But I think you're absolutely right. I think um, the, these non-checking teams really need to to finish off a season with some kind of uh, wooden uh, glassware. Yeah, and I, I would say to be honest, I would put the the Metro C in in that category. We've we've seen before. Well, apart from the did you see the very apt uh, little uh, little video that the Metro's made yesterday? Of uh, the Max Springer miss? Yes, I did, Nick. <laughs> hey, it, I don't. It, whether they win or lose, if they provide some more comedy gold like that, they they can do whatever they want in my book. 
<laughs> yeah, and then uh, moving up to number five, the first time we've uh, taken our shoes off in the podcast for the Nottingham Mavericks E uh, team, and they're uh, they're coming at number five. Their D team were at the foot of the table in uh, tier two this year, but I think Nottingham are quite notorious at bringing a good team to nationals. Yes, they are. They always manage to find a couple of players who might have been busy all year or rejiggle the teams a little bit or find someone who definitely probably shouldn't be in that division. So, uh, again, the Mavs are a dangerous team and they're a team with national pedigree in terms of... I know we might have joked just then about Manchester kind of getting all the way to the... maybe maybe to the dance and then going home with the, uh, going home with the ugly kid, but... Nottingham with a Nottingham with a perennial kind of going home with a prom queen kind of get get always always there or thereabouts put it that way. <laughs> and uh, the, I mean the, the last year the Mavs D um, won this this tier. Uh, I know I know this is the E team, but I mean essentially they're, they're defending the they're defending the title for the, for the D team. So got a lot to play for. They have, and, and to be honest, I would say again you're looking at. A prime example, probably going to have potentially maybe Ryan Rathbone or someone of that ilk playing in goal, which is a massive start. And then we've seen top top to bottom, the Mavs are always a well-drilled outfit, and, and especially at low levels, if you can nail the fundamentals, it's a key to a key to the basis of success. So, yeah, Mavs could be there or thereabouts. Certainly, certainly. And then we move to number four, uh, London Dragons. C finished um, with a 500 record this year. Uh, four and four. And um, now in that division, there is only one team apart from Oxford Vikings in Tier Three South that has a plus goal uh, difference, and that is the London Dragons C. So if they if they've got, a, they must have a reasonably good defence. Um, so and that that pays dividends in these short games. It does. Uh, I think something I'm guessing you'll be telling your guys uh, come. Saturday morning, it's not necessarily about how many you score, it's about who scores first at Nationals a lot of the time in terms of it's a psychological thing. If you can go out there and grab that quick goal or you can, you know that you've got goals in your team, you just have to worry about the defensive bit. That's all you have to worry about. If you, no one, no one at the end of the day is ever going to look back and say, hey, you won every single Nationals game 1-0 that year that you won. If that's how you want to play it and you can be strong defensively, go for it. If London have managed to, <laughs> Managed to either stack up offensively to make up for probably a negative drubbing against the Vikings, then congrats. It's not something that many teams have done. Certainly, it's certainly not. And then uh, we move on. We talked about them earlier on. UEA, um, no no cup experience um, to speak of ever because they've, they've not got a home rink. But um, we we always know that come Nationals time, this team have got a shot to uh, you know to take a title. Yeah, and I would say again, probably come come Saturday afternoon when we're when we're cleaning up tier five, I would guess we'll probably be talking about how good UEA were. However, how many times on a Sunday afternoon have we been talking about what happened to that team? Like, what happened? Like, where did what, did they just suddenly decide? Oh, actually, hold on, if we win, we might get ranked in a higher tier next year. We kind of like where we are, so just let's just calm it down, guys. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I remember the heartbreak a couple of years ago when they they went out in penalty shots um, in in tier tier five. They just seemed to not be able to get over that hump of getting into the the final and ultimately skating away um, the victor. So 
maybe we'll see if they can get over that hump this year. Uh, and then moving on, num- tier, sorry, number two, not tier two. Um, Southampton Spitfires D, another team with a good winning record in that tier, uh, tier three South, of course, or Division three South. Um, of course, uh, only beaten by, um, well, only beaten on points by the Oxford Vikings, but um, having lost, picked up a loss elsewhere. So, I mean, I can see uh, them doing some damage. I mean, the Vikings aren't going to be in this tier, as we know. And I think I think they could possibly be a team that will uh, they could pick up some points. Yeah, they could be. And I think, again, we talk about Southampton are top to bottom. Obviously, they're about as far away as possible from mining your minds. Would you not agree? <laughs> Just geographically. Of course, yeah. Uh, they're that team that always shows up to always shows up to nationals no matter what level, whether it's the All Stars or whether it's the D team. And again, they always turn up and seem to be organised and have a good showing. And organisation at this level is key. And Southampton again, I wouldn't be surprised if we if we see them certainly in the in the knockout games come uh, Sunday afternoon. Uh, certainly. And then um, rank number one overall, Oxford Women's Blues. Um, now they've uh, essentially Oxford reallocated. Um, their Vikings and Women's Blues team for this weekend, uh, for the for the Nationals. So the Vikings were playing a slightly higher tier, um, but I think that the, the Women's Blues more than rank merit that first place ranking, despite not being the Vikings essentially, um, because we we know how good they are. Yeah, I think we uh, from what we've seen in the past couple of years, and certainly knowing some of the players on that roster. They more than probably deserve and live up to that ranking of number one. There's certainly players in there, depending on uh, who's available this weekend, that potentially are going to be the best players in the tier. And also, you're looking at, in terms of we've just been through having teams beginning to have some pedigree and having years of experience in the Cup. Oxford Women's Blues have probably got the most experience out of the whole list. And since we've just preached about experience and about fundamentals, you're talking about a well-drilled team who's got experience behind it. Why shouldn't Oxford be number one? Yeah, notoriously the Oxford Blues are behind the uh, the, uh, the the Nationals part of Nationals and, and enjoy a good night out. But with this new format, they'll get some time to to recuperate after any shenanigans on Saturday night as well to get right back at it on the on the Sunday. So yeah, I would I would say anyone who's in Tier Five, you've dropped on very nicely in terms of timing for being able to go out and enjoy yourself whilst also still enjoying a good weekend of It certainly certainly. Because this next year, based on what time you'll be finishing, um, you probably won't want to go out afterwards. Uh, <laughs> um, now, at the foot of the table here, um, for Tier 4, which is the last year uh, we're going to rank um, for this upcoming weekend, um, we have Cambridge Women's Blues, which might be a bit harsh on them, because they've had a reason, you know, despite being last in the table, they've had not a bad season. They, they, they're 2-1-6, um, they're scoring goals, and they have the second top goal scorer, point scorer, sorry, in the entire um, division uh, to South non-checking. Wow. To be honest, I didn't really know where you were going to go with that. I thought you were going to say it's kind of harsh on them, calling them the women's team, when potentially there's a, a slight imbalance within the force of a, of the male-female ratio on that team, but still... Um, Again, yeah, this is one that could make us look really silly. We we know some of the Cambridge 
players have been around for a while and, and we know the quality that they've got. They're, they're a tough little nut to crack and they're going to be an outfit that certainly as coach of the C team that we'll get onto shortly, uh, it's a it's a sticky game. And I think a lot of people might underestimate in the same way that we have, <laughs> underestimate the, the Blues team here and uh, and be made to look a little bit foolish. Certainly, um, I agree with you there, Nick. I mean, one of the things we, we can see is that it's second top point scorer and goal scorer Sally Butler is in their team, who we know is... Uh, is a real good player, and then uh, they've got Stephanie Owen as their backstop, who is uh, is fighting for a place in Team GBU. Um, so I mean, they're not they're not too shabby um, in terms of talent. And then I've just noticed as I was looking at their, their roster, they've just signed uh, Luke Warner, who lit it up um, last year. Oh wow! So there we go. Um, uh, talking about how they're not all not a complete women's team all the time. Um, yeah, Luke Warner's just uh, just been added to the roster, uh, sitting as pending. So uh, yeah, I mean we know what he can do because he was was excellent for them last year. So they could be uh, they they could kind of embarrass us here a little bit. <laughs> uh, they could do, and, and and best of luck to them if they do, because I love nothing better than eating normal pie. Yeah, I, I certainly certainly um, love nothing better than than eating um, any kind of pie, um, as some people may know us. So uh, that's uh, that's fair enough. Um, and then uh, Sheffield Bears E at number nine. Uh, again, hometown Bears. Uh, normally a, a, a sneaky good outfit, um, but not having the best of seasons. Perhaps they've stretched themselves a little bit thin with their three teams in check-in. But um, again, you can't rule them out. No, exactly. And this is another example of a team that could make us look very, very silly. Like the Bears playing at home, they've got they've got potential to pull this out of the bag and. Again, it would be a case of maybe, maybe, maybe the. Uh, it just depends the influence of everyone else. Are they are they going to be uh, enjoying themselves on Saturday night into the early hours of the morning? I know it means they've got a long lion on uh, on Sunday, but it it stretches out the weekend a hell of a lot. So maybe if they behave themselves, they might uh, they might stand a chance. Yeah. Uh, now moving moving on, uh, Newcastle Wildcats women's ranked at number eight. But before we go into why, Nick, I've just clicked on the rosters, and the first thing that I get met with is a picture of Anton de Beck, or, or Andy Miller, rather, um, in the Newcastle Wildcats alumni section of the page. Um, so, uh, yeah, if anyone wants to check out Miller's face, apparently has two goals for Newcastle Wildcats D, two against your good selves, Nick. Um, so <laughs> you can go check out Miller's stats for the one game he played for them. Uh, if you wish, but let's look at this this Wildcats women's roster. Um, I think there's a lot of good talent in this team um, throughout. There is, and I think unfortunately they're perhaps not enjoyed the greatest of cup seasons. Hence the hence the ranking. However, they are a very very dangerous team to play in this short format. They've got experienced veteran campaigners who've who've been there, played nationals before, can be dangerous. And I think any team at this level, when we're talking about it's potentially a shootout in terms of first goal wins and big goals, any team that's got Steph Towns on it is going to it's going to be more successful at this level. And uh, that's not taking anything away from the supporting cast, because to be honest, I think that's the most underrated bit about Newcastle. And there has been games this year which uh, which Steph hasn't travelled to, and and the rest of them have found their feet. So it could be a dangerous little team at nationals in terms of I would say an outside bet for getting in there getting into the semi-finals. Certainly, and I mean, we, we talked about Steph there. 
who is obviously a good player, but they've got they've got other top class talent in the likes of uh, um, Jess Ward and, and things like that as well that they can they can play decent minutes in D and uh, Megan Quigley's got a, a decent amount of uh, experience as a goalie as well. It'll be it'll be one of those interesting ones that going revising what I said maybe maybe a little bit of a stretch to string together four four competitive games. However, I certainly could imagine them being the banana team for someone else in terms of uh, determining who the top two are in the group. Put it that way. Yep, and uh, and then Mavs D. Um, we're still not getting the chance to speak about my favourite uh, Mavs player of all time because um, he's he's now I think on the B or the C team. But um, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. I'm getting, I'm getting ahead of myself here. Um, the Mavs D uh, again. I think they've had they've had a no okay K season. No, they've not. Somehow we've managed to rank the Mavs D below above Sheffield E despite the cup seasons they've enjoyed. Um, but um, I'm going to put that down to the utter tiredness of sitting in uh, sitting at the airport. In fairness, we did do these rankings when we were in Stansted Airport. I think we might have done it based on the group as well. I'm pretty yeah, sure, quite I'm a lot of the ones that we look on the B side. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah, if the we'll get to why some of these teams are uh, some of these teams are ranked maybe higher or lower than you maybe think they should be um, later on. It'll all become clear, I'm sure. Um, and then. Uh, the next, the next ranked team is Southampton Spitfire C. I think you know the story is the same with them throughout the whole of Southampton. They're they're always going to be sneaky good, uh, Southampton, and have well organised players. Yeah, and I, I think it's another another team that we talk about that kind of come in under the radar and could be very much like Newcastle in terms of might sneak in there as a second place team, but certainly will be looking. And probably will ruin a couple of people's uh, or shoot down in the in the Spitfire's nature a couple of people's national dreams this weekend. Yeah. Um, yep. And uh, then then you then they're Northumbria Kings C team, of course. Uh, they're uh, they've had not a bad season. Nick, tell us about your C team's uh, season. Yeah, we for, for anyone who's followed the podcast and and followed the BYJ this year in terms of the the cup setup we we look like perennial favorites in that division until you look at how just how uh perhaps fortunate slash unfortunate we were with the fixtures that we had a very backloaded uh the season got certainly more difficult as it went along and certainly we we came a cropper with the likes of Leeds towards the end of the year we we tripped on a bit of a banana skin in Bradford and uh, and also then went and played uh Played in the bright lights of Hull, but uh, what I'd always said to my guys this year is, I know we finished third in the cup. Third was kind of my thinking of where we would be, considering some of the A teams that are in that division, and certainly some of the A teams that should certainly be doing a lot better than they did. But I, what I would say is, I would pride myself on that we've got quite a happy-go-lucky kind of well-drilled team, and I think certainly I would hope, and uh, just picking him up, my uh, my boy Adam Perry. I certainly think he's got a chance of being an all-star in goal because he's seen a lot of uh, a lot of rubber pucks this year in in net, and certainly he's uh, for someone who knows how to put the puck in the net, he also knows how to keep it out. And I think the value of a good goalie at this level is is huge. So I I think we talked about potentially that this was the the harder group, and potentially we might fall foul of that. But in the same way, if you could come through the harder group, well, ooh, could be interesting. 
Yeah, certainly. I think that's the. I mean, without giving too much away, um, that is why uh, the King C and the Bears E etc. find themselves ranked maybe slightly lower than you might think by looking at the stats. Um, but we'll get to what the team that we expect to to win it all um, towards the end of this. Now, uh, next up, uh, Bradford Sabers. You you played against them. Um, I think they got better as the season went on. Is that is that fair to say? Oh, hugely. The the team that we faced at the beginning of the season and the team that we faced towards the end, two completely different outfits in terms of organisation, experience, just general hockey savvy in terms of they were they were a little pest to play against. And certainly I think could, uh, hence the ranking, I think they could pull up a, a bit of a surprise here and uh, and certainly if they're, they'd be a tricky semi-finalist for, for someone. So... I think they could be there or thereabouts. They're a well-drilled team, got a good goalie, got a couple of players who know where the net is. That's uh, a lot of factors that bring success at Nationals, so hence their, uh, hence their ranking. Yep, yep, definitely. And then uh, Peel Devils B, not, I wouldn't say narrowly, because Cardiff had, had it wrapped up pretty pretty sharply in the uh, Division 2 South uh, title, but certainly um, we're in a battle with Cardiff to, to take the uh, the Division 2 um, South title and uh, and and get to the playoffs themselves. Uh, missed out on that, but I think you've got top top point scorer in the whole of Division 2 non-checking, um, Stephen Kent, and I think they could be a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, again, I think we've talked about before, haven't we, about Imperial kind of turn up with a bit of a happy-go-lucky kind of swagger about them for, for this kind of tournament, and maybe don't have the biggest bench, and what we've said before, the, the biggest bench is not necessarily a bad thing. You can definitely get just means that your quality players such as Stephen Kent get more ice time. Yeah, um, and uh, and then next up the uh, the whole Ice Hogs, um, certainly in, in my in my opinion favourites in the, uh, largely due to the the luck of the uh, the rankings for them because they, they they've avoided the number one team uh, <laughs> overall. Um, they they missed out against the the Leeds Griffins who Leeds Griffins bees who find themselves in tier three. I, I think they could, they could be, they could be playing the last game on Sunday. Uh, put it that way in this tier. I think I think they could be, and I think the one thing I think they've got going for them is they've got some pedigree of having success at nationals before, and also you've got to look at the. There's not that many teams that are going to be able to to hang about with the number one seeds, and and to give them a game. And having been there before, have Oxford really been tested? In terms of have they really, really, really been pushed to find out how good they are? No disrespect to the teams they've faced this year, but when it comes down to it, have they really had to work hard to try and get that win when they've not been playing well? If this gets down to it and gets down to a final potentially between Oxford and Hull, ooh, Hull have certainly got the firepower to stick around and, and go punch for punch in a in a heavyweight tilt. So let's see how strong they're. Uh, how strong Oxford's sure is. Yeah, certainly, certainly, and and I mean the Ice Hogs, as we've we've talked about, um, one of the A teams in this competition, and a team that's got experience not just winning nationals at, at tier three. We're talking we're talking about experience of winning tier two with short benches, um, and and really I think could could be the one team that I could see challenging this Vikings team. Now, I may be completely wrong. It would be great if everybody challenged the Vikings team. But I do have some concern about uh, about anyone 
anyone uh, facing that Vikings team and coming away the victor. But as I say, that's why we play the games, otherwise it'd be a waste of time. Exactly, and there's always that one plucky team that comes in and has their own little, normally, from my experience, normally it's a semi-final, they come in and have a, a miracle-type game where they come in and beat the Communists and uh, and then try and beat Finland in the final, but uh, we'll, we'll see. Uh, it could be could be an interesting one. I think there's, there's teams in there that certainly, in a 20-minute, in greatest respect, in a 60-minute game, I wouldn't give that many people a chance. Sit no. Quality, nine times out of ten, quality shines through in 60 minutes. However, how many times have we said at Nationals before, anything can happen in a 20-minute game? Think think back, guys. How many times have you played a game against a really good team and been like, after the first period, being like, hey, hold on, it's like 2-2. Fair enough, you might lose 22-2 at the end of it, but... Yeah, I mean, I remember uh, I remember going down uh, one of my first seasons playing Division One hockey. It went down and played London. That was in the bad old days when somebody thought it was a good idea to have a national division. And um, we went down, um, we had seven players, we scored first, thought, oh, we can handle this team, lost 18-2. So, you're exactly right, a 60-minute game, but I mean, it's easy enough to, well, it's not easy enough, but it's, it's possible to score a goal, kind of give them a bit of a fright when they're not quite wakened up, and then, uh, and then park the bus and, and hold on. Certainly, not to perhaps give away the game plan, but um, <coughs> the King C versus the Vikings. Get ready to see the bus. Okay, um, uh, that, I hope that's not a new player that's got ill-fitting um, tops, uh, an ill-fitting top again. But that's uh, that's, <laughs> that's fair enough. Um, that, no, no, that was the crack. Oh right, okay. <laughs> um, and then of course we've, we've, I think we've mentioned them probably enough, and everyone can tell where we're going with this, but. Number one overall has to be the Oxford Vikings. Um, they've been outrageously successful in the division they've been in. I know that it's not the division, perhaps, that Tier 4 represents in a sense, but when you're 139 goals for, none against, 54.5 power play percentage, obviously penalty kills 100% because they've... <laughs> I mean... Hey, the hold on. I've, I've seen some of Dave's stats before. There's a, there's a good chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean the only thing is that the Oxford Vikings come into this knowing how to lose because they 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 we watched the game. It was a good game. They had a chance. They could have they could have, you know, finally overcome that obstacle of the Cambridge Eskimos uh, over in Switzerland and managed to managed to let it get away from them. So you know it's it's not a foregone conclusion, but. I do think that this team are going to are going to come away with this. I, I can't I can't look past them. I'm afraid. Yeah, and I, and I would say the the quality of the opposition and the and the experience perhaps they gained from that uh, match out in San Moritz that'll be a nice little uh, little refresher in the back of their minds of what it's like to come away disappointed. Yeah, certainly, and I, I think I think we could. I mean, the one and two in this division, uh, I think we could be looking at the actual. Uh, Finalists, to to be honest with you, um, because of the quality we've got in the opposition of of each position, um, we've obviously got you know quality players. I mean, we we saw how good like the likes of Dan Locke um, and and those sorts of guys can be uh, when they're when they're playing a, a higher tier opposition. So yeah, Hull beware. <laughs> exactly. Um, I think enjoy a good hog roast, don't they? No, I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do when they're 
they're plundering and all that sort of thing. Anyway, there's the usual Vikings uh, nonsense that we go through, Nick. But I think we've got we've got through three tiers. Luckily for us, there will only be two tiers next time, and then one tier after that. So um, you'll not need to to maybe listen to us for quite as long rambling on. Uh, but um, we will put these out live on Friday morning uh, for you to read back if you want to. But um, we hope you enjoyed listening to the podcast this week, and we shall. Uh, we shall speak to you next week. Yeah, or on, we'll or, or over the week. weekend. See you at the weekend, guys. See, see you on the TV at the weekend. Though, this yeah, year... In case, if you, if you have... Just throwing out a disclaimer, if you have taken great offence to any of your rankings, uh, please do take this up with um, anyone but us two. Yeah, yeah. Um, essentially, it's it's actually Andy and Dave's fault for allowing us to do this podcast. Yeah, so if, if you do have a problem with your power rankings, you are looking for the... Um, Looking for the gentleman known as Dave. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the best way to deal with things, Nick. I think actually. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and and that that comes maybe if it's not even an issue with the power rankings, like just generally you need to know about just how life works, or you you just want to talk to someone. Dave, Dave's always there. Or if you want insulted and called a troglodyte, then uh, Dave's always there. Um, I've still not let that go, Dave. Uh, <laughs> 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 anyway, um. Thanks very much for listening, folks, and uh, we will um, be back with you at the weekend on the live stream, uh, bringing you the coverage. Um, this year, for once, I will not be there for the AAM game because I will be down with the Steel Queens on the bench. But I'm sure Nick and uh, and I'm not sure Callie seemed to mention he might be there on Friday, so um, I'm sure you'll get uh, some good coverage. Yeah, I, hopefully I won't mess it up too much while Rambo's away. Um, I'm, I'm sure you can't have another steak pie gate at that time in the morning. So, um, thanks very much, folks. See you later, guys.